Hello and welcome to the July DCM podcast. It's the middle of summer and my name's Tom Linnae. First, I should always introduce myself. I forget to introduce myself. My name's Tom Linnae um, and today it's the middle of summer. I'm sat on the roof of one of the most beautiful office buildings in central London. The most beautiful office building. It, well, I, I can't think of a more beautiful one. Can you think of a more beautiful one? No, I can't because this is the most beautiful. Well, that voice that you can hear apart from mine is a gentleman called Tom Wong. Hello, Tom. Hello, Tom. You should always have two Toms in an interview well, to really fox people. This is the first time that I've been able to fulfil that um, uh, idi- ma- mantra. That's your life aim, is yeah. to interview another Tom. I have another Tom on the podcast for the first time, and Tom Wong is managing partner of McCann London. Now, that's true, isn't it? That is true. So that's one of many true things that will be said <laughs> on the podcast. Can we well. tell some lies as well? And no, then we have like to you have to tell have the to truth. tell the truth. Truth well told is what we will do. Exactly, because McCann's mantra or uh, motto is truth well told, isn't Indeed it? Indeed it is. Well, we'll come on to that. But the reason I'm interviewing Tom from McCann is because this week, it's a big week for you guys, isn't it? It's a medium-sized week, I would say. Okay. I mean, well, Medium we'll, to large. We'll Let's go large. Yeah, it's a large week because McCann in association with digital cinema media and picture house cinemas are putting on a rooftop cinema season. Uh, it started on Sunday, it finishes on Saturday. It's seven films throughout the week and they're great films, aren't they? They're amazing films. We'll come on to that very briefly. But um, as I said, we're on the most beautiful build, uh, office building in London. McCann's uh, offices used to be, I believe, was it the first multi-story car park in the UK? It was one of the first buildings built for the automobile, and it used to be the Daimler hire garage. So people used to come here and hire limousines to travel around London. Then obviously Daimler wasn't that popular after the war, so it closed down and it went into disrepair, became a car park. And now we have been here since 1997, I think. And it no longer looks like a multi-story car park, but I'll, I'll just give you some background. It's an art deco building, isn't it? It's an art deco slash streamline, I got, I got told earlier this week. So it's a beautiful example of art deco architecture. And I love the way that the curve of the car park bit mm. or whatever, the, the multi-story aspect of the car. We uh, call it a ramp. Ramp, that's what it is, but has been turned into... Well, that's where we're sat watching, ready for the film this evening. We are ready and waiting in front of the big screen, one of the largest screens I've seen in an agency, well, anywhere. It's huge, it's huge. And with some turf in front of us, it's sat it's on it's deck chairs. And it's almost sunny. Mm, I, I wouldn't go far as almost sunny, I'd say cloudy with sun protruding. But we don't need sunshine <laughs> because, as long as it doesn't rain, but um, McCann London, they are... The second biggest creative agency in the UK, is that correct? We are the number two creative agency in the UK. And uh, what does a managing partner do? A managing partner looks after many things. We look after our clients' interests, making sure we've got the right people working on um, our brands. We make sure that the agency runs, that the toilets have toilet roll, obviously. I I find myself having to deal with that. Um, But also making sure that we have the right people and talent in the agency because... We're a company that's all about people, and if we don't have the right people, we may as well go home. So a big portion of my time is attracting the right talent. You're playing with your headphones <laughs> there, aren't you? <laughs> Hang on, I'm I've got help. my headphones stuck. Anyway, they're back to normal. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, so that so um, what brands do you work with? So in McCann London, our biggest clients, ones that you probably heard of, is L'Oreal. We work with Microsoft and Xbox. We work with Subway. We work with. Um, Lots of different ones. First Great Western Trains. We work with Serial Partners UK. I love the Knitting Nanas. That's one of ours. So there's a real big variety of brands. Home Pride. So some of the UK's biggest brands. Some of the UK's biggest brands and some of the world's biggest brands as well. And I mean, I I know if I was sat at home listening to this, and I will do because I need to boost the listener count, um, (laughs) I would be thinking, how does someone become managing partner at McCann? 
you apply for a job. No, I used to work with our CEO. So I have I had kind of a head start because he's seen me at my very best, my very worst. So he hired me a year ago from TBWA. He poached me from their grasp. Um, but I just think you have to be a, a relatively open and honest person. You have to be good at your job. You have to know what you're doing. Um, but you have to be able to push creativity so that we can really help our clients grow. It, I think that's what we're here to do. So a lot of your job day-to-day -day is liaising with clients, making sure that yeah. they're happy. That they are very happy. And I do a lot of the growth stuff, so looking after new business. Is it difficult, uh, is it? It is quite difficult. Uh, do you have some high-maintenance clients? I, w I wouldn't say high-maintenance. We have rightfully demanding clients, yes. is how I term that. But it's Correct. really funny, when I talk to my mum, she still doesn't understand what I do. Have a little chat. Mum, she's like, what do you do? Oh, you make adverts. That must be really easy. You just go away and film it. The whole process behind it, obviously, is very complicated, which all your listeners will know about. Um, but at the end of the day, advertising's fun. It's it's not life look, look or death. Look where we are now. Look where we are now. It's not life or death. And I think if you want to have a career that's enjoyable and you can look back and laugh, advertising's a good one to have. And we, you, we mentioned in the intro that um, McCann have this mantra of truth well told in their work. Um, what are the foundations of this? Indeed, it's a rod of iron that runs through the agency. Um, is it genuinely? It is genuinely a rod of iron. So since 1912, we've operated under this mantra. So it's not like we made it up last week. Our founder said this in 1912, that if you tell the truth well and in a compelling way, it really has the power to move markets. But actually, we think it also has the power to move people. So people respond to truths. And if you tell it so that they really want to absorb that information and take it on board and understand what it really means to them and give that brand a meaningful role in their lives, then it, it really can make them act in a different way. How does it apply to the creative work then? Um, do you sit down and, talk and try and work out where the truth is or where the story begins? You always have to start with the truth. So it might be a consumer insight, an audience um, insight. It might be something to do with the brand that you're working on, some of their product. Um, the, the tiniest detail can be the truth, but everything has to start in something that's real everything has to start with something that we haven't fabricated if you look at what we're talking about for some of our brands so let's talk about first great western because i think most people know what that is it's a train operator um, taking his whiskers away to the seaside in the southwest so we can all go surfing yeah like bristol keep Cornwall. going wales places like that um but they are a brand that is actually about progress and making the Southwest a better place. So they build a greater West. That's their truth. They're not just a train operator. They help to encourage communities to thrive and businesses to flourish. And they do that every single day. And that's their truth. So we, f we try and find the thing that will motivate people to get involved with their brands, that will encourage them to um, want their brands to be parts of their lives as well. And, make, and it makes them unique. It does make them unique. You need to have something that's absolutely ownable. If you don't own the property in which you play, anybody else can take it from you. So stand next to that, shout as loud as you can, and own that truth. So a lot of your work, I mean, you've done some um, incredible um, graphic design work for this season we're doing, but is, is most of your work producing audio-visual ads? Most of our, well, what we try and do is make sure that our work is customer-centric. So it could be audiovisual, it could be television, it could be press advertising, but actually increasingly a, a large portion of our work is in social media because that's where more people are hanging out. It's more efficient often to reach people through those channels. And you can have a two-way dialogue, which I've, I grew up in the digital age, so I'm <laughs> talking as if um, I'm 85, but you couldn't do that before. You could 
reach half the population with one ad in Coronation Street. You can't do that now, but you can have a dialogue and a conversation to make sure that that brand is built, not only of what you say, but how your audience reacts to that. So um, when you're creating work for your, ad, ad, uh, for your brands, particularly audiovisual work, mm. um, is, it your, is it often a goal to see it on the big screen? Yeah. Um, the thing about cinema, and we're sat in front of the world's biggest screen that I've seen in an agency. Can we have a world record on that? I, d I mean, I'll get Norris McWhirter on the phone. I, mean, I, I don't know how big it is, but I would think that's probably 30 feet more. I think that's about 10 metres across. So 30 feet, yeah. I don't know, me, the, I'm that young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're showing your age now, Tom, are you? Well, um, I, I, was I was just trying to relate to the person I'm talking to. I'm not that old. I am 12, yeah. if I'm a day. Um, can we have a world record for the world's biggest screen in an It's a big agency? screen, yeah. And I, I, I mean, I don't know how I can do that, but I will see what I can do. But, but anyway, it's a big screen. It's a and big the, screen. And the films are going to look fantastic on it. And, and they have been looking They have been. And what's great is when we've shown our ads on this screen, because obviously there has to be a commercial break before a, a film festival at an advertising agency. They've looked phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. And the audience has really reacted to it in a different way. So we've been showcasing McCann's ads on yeah. the screen. and. I mean, do you get a rush when you see them on the big screen? We do get a rush. And what was really funny is Home Fried Fred was on there last night. And that's a funny ad. That's a funny ad. And you could see the client was sat next to me and he was chuckling. And the entire audience were laughing and joking because it's quite funny. It's slightly dark, but it really portrays that brand in a, a, a funny, unusual, light-hearted way. And their role is to help families feed themselves um, in a better way and have a nutritious meal and looking at it on the big screen it really brought it home that wow we do something quite special we create something that's quite unique and l sitting and listening to everyone else it's kind of like a tribal thing when you're sat in a crowd you, you play off each other and you can see who likes what but it was really nice to see that because I don't think I'd seen it in that environment before and I I mean I hadn't seen that ad probably and Having grown up knowing what who Home Pride Fred is, it Home Pride Fred. Hey Fred, he was he was this big. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, for the viewers at home, I'm literally indicating. I'm going to say that's an inch. I mean, I grew growing up. I really like what you've done with it because you've kind of twisted what people know of mm. that character. And I, one of the things last night when I saw the ad on the big screen here was, I hadn't picked up on just how kind of the the dark connotations of the of the ad. Basically, Home Pride Fred takes over. This family. He doesn't take he, over no, the family. No, he, he assists the family. Yeah, he assists and the family. The family. Love him. And he's next. He's helping the mum in the bath. Is that correct? He does. He does give her a little back scrub. Yeah. Um, but Home Pride Fred used to be about a two and a half centimeter yeah, yeah. animated character. The the temptation when you're looking at that is just to make him modern. Let's put some Google glasses on him, or do something ridiculous. Put him in a spacesuit. But actually, we made him into a six foot five, real life character that lives in the real world rather than in an animated world. So it makes it more relevant to our families because they want people to be helping them in the kitchen, yeah, yeah. not just a little tiny thing. So we, we took that brand property and really modernised it, but in an unusual way that people weren't quite expecting. And I think l last night when I was sat watching it with people here in, in, uh, in this um, pop-up auditorium... Um, Auditorium's a good word. Arena. Pop-up arena. Another one. I got the feeling that a lot of people engaged with that ad properly for the first time. They've probably seen they the ad. And then because we were watching it on the big screen, we all kind of like, well, oh, that's, that's actually genuinely funny. I think they did. I think they really thought, oh, it's okay to laugh at this. It's okay to have that emotional response to it. So um, what have been some of your favourite uh, ads that you have worked on? I think some of our clients who have had really great success, Subway is a, a good brand that we work on. 
it's a retailer it's also a food um a food seller but their their deal is they have to make sure that people continually come in the door and continually have a story and new things to try so we have to reinvent ourselves quite a lot and profile new products so i have my favorite sub what's your favorite sub um i i'm a fan of tuna mayo meatball marinara with melted cheese on top that's a I, that, that that was the first sub i ever had would you six or a twelve i always go six I, I always I go twelve. I can't. How can you finish a twelve? I I have an unrivaled capacity for food. Uh, you, I mean, just to give you some background here, Tom is not a big man. <laughs> uh, twelve, a twelve-inch sub. I don't know where it goes. Straight in. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I'm, I'm five foot ten. But you're not. You know. I'm. I'm not. No, I'm slender. Yeah, he's very I'm slender. Let's say athletic. It's athletic. Athletic. Yeah. That's much better. But um, what was I talking about? You got me totally confused. Um, Subway. We have to. Uh, we have to talk about new products, the new ranges that come up. But you have to tell that in a way that people want to listen, rather than just forcing it down their throat. So the latest ad we did was um, a story about barbecue pulled pork, which is good. It was on a limited time only special. I think it's no longer available in store, so next time it comes around, I'll let you know. Um, But we told that story through um, a southern couple, and Paddy, who's very picky, went to the Deep South, and she went on a blind date with a guy who was wearing winkle pickers. You can see the alliteration's already starting in my head. And these grew in her head all the way through the date. But do you know what? She can't choose her date shoes, but she can choose exactly what she has in that sub. And she had pulled pork and she had no pickles because she doesn't like pickles. So she picked exactly what she wanted. And she enjoyed it. And she enjoyed every single bit of it. So uh, moving on to this rooftop cinema season. This is the first time you've done this. The fir- and This is London's first rooftop film festival. From the media industry. Oh, I think it's the first one. Let's oh, say first ever. Well, we're going for it anyway. We're going for it. Matter. People have had rooftop cinema and people have had film festivals, but no one's had a rooftop film festival. And we, it's in conjunction with us and Picturehouse Cinemas. Mm. Why have you decided to do it? Um, we have a beautiful, ba- b- beautiful building, amazing space, which everyone has enjoyed the past few days. And we've still got five more nights to go. It fills me dread and joy that we've got five more nights, but I'll keep on going. Um, and we like to entertain our friends and clients and guests and everybody in the local community and we just thought because we've got this great space and because we have such a great partnership with DCM who we work with for the past few years um, and because we work with Picture House as well those little elements of the cocktail added together and shaken up brought something really exciting and fun and because we were able to secure such great content. I mean, tonight we've got Magic Mike XXL. It doesn't get better than that for the ladies, does it? Um, um, not just the ladies. Not just the ladies. It's a quality story, gentlemen, about male endeavour, so you should come and see it too. Um, and tomorrow night we've got Amy, which is um, a preview screening as well. They're phenomenal films. And the rest of the week we have Big Lebowski. Um, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Pride because I've not seen it. Have I've you not seen Pride? I've oh, not seen I love Pride. Tom, the film specialist, is telling me to see Pride. Um those ingredients added together, it just gives us something different that we can talk about and we can enjoy. Because advertising is a hard graft. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It, yes, it's fun, but it's hard work and it's intellectually very draining and you can feel quite exhausted at the end of the day. Um, and we just like to let off a bit of steam. Not only talk to our clients in an informal environment, but talk to the advertising community. We've got some um, young creatives joining us as well on Saturday from DNAD. So there's lots of different people who are going to come in and enjoy this. And we think, because we've got this great space, why not let people use it? And they're all big cinema fans as well, aren't they? They're all huge cinema fans. Oh, my God. Some nights we've got a waiting list of about 80 people. So I'm really sorry that our car park ramp isn't bigger. Their cars weren't massive in those days. If this was in America, it'd be huge. Um, But we just couldn't fit more than we have in. If this was in America, we could have had a drive-in. Drive-in movie. 
Well, OMG. Anyway, so um, how important is the power of cinema to McCann's business? It's really important. Our brands, most of our brands advertise through the big screen. They understand how impactful it can be, how it can change people's perceptions of them, the reach that you get. I mean, let's let's get a bit scientific now, but it's very, very efficient to target certain cinemas and certain demographics through, through your platform. Um, it gives you something that is different and it makes you feel like you've got a bit more stature. If you're a brand that's advertising in cinema, you feel like your, your chest is a little bit puffed out. You feel like you're there. And we, sp- we spoke very briefly about the films. We'll just run through. We started on Sunday with The Big Lebowski. Uh, very good film. Yeah, a classic. One Amusing. of the funniest films. I mean, always funny mm. and endlessly quotable. Monday was Ex Machina, which uh, you hadn't seen before, had you? I hadn't seen before. And I was... I was I hadn't read about it. I hadn't done the Wikipedia synopsis. I literally just turned up and I was not shocked but surprised. I thought it was a brilliant brilliant piece of film. I thought the special effects the design, were the effects, the yeah. acting, it's just a complete package. And the acting, I saw that guy in a film that was about time travel, about time. About time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And his accent was perfect. He's obviously a Brit, I'm guessing. Uh, he's Irish, he's Donald Gleeson. He? Ah. He's Brendan Gleeson's son. Ah, but he was very, very good. And I thought the lead character... Oscar Isaac, who plays... Uh, what's his name? No, I'm, I'm talking about the lady. Oh, uh, Elisa Vikander, who's mm. an amazing actress, and she's in amazing. everything. And she was just phenomenal. I thought the subtle twist at the end and the questions that it raised about artificial intelligence and how it could potentially take over the world, is it one of the most dangerous things that is facing human beings at the moment is it viruses is it ai who knows but it raised that question and it made people think i I shared a taxi home with someone last night who shall remain nameless and we were talking about just that and she was she was saying the same thing it's a real it's a real thought provoker and and tonight is magic my xxl not quite as much of a thought provoker but it depends what sort of thoughts depends on your thoughts um certain passages through i have seen magic mike xxl as you can well imagine um there's certain parts of that film where you just look at it and go oh my god that must have been a funny funny time to be a, a male entertainer and then tomorrow night is amy mm-hmm. um thursday night is whiplash which whiplash. i think is the best film yeah. released so far this I, year i tend to agree with you on that statement and then friday night is pride which i absolutely love yeah we, we spoke about very briefly and, and also i hate margaret thatcher i can freely state that can't i yeah, yeah you can. so yeah that's going to be You're one not of alone. my You're political heartland yeah, it's uh, yes, and it's and it really does embrace that. Mm. And then Saturday is Back to the Future, which finishing with Back yeah. to the Future, probably the most likable film of the last fifty years. It's it's really a privileged position in which I was um, put, being able to say yes or no to films on this film festival, and being the <laughs> ultimate arbiter of what we were showing. There, we didn't. Re- there wasn't really anything to say no to. No, it. there this wasn't. Was like the first but choice list we came up with wasn't. Back it? to the Future is one of my favourite films. I think Back to the Future and Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Weird Science. They're probably my three favourite films. Three, c- three classic, eighties classics. classics. I would pay, put Back to the Future easily in my top five. Yeah. And I'm so pleased we've got to show it. And um, you're a massive film fan, as we, as uh, I think people listening can probably gather. Um, what have you enjoyed so far this year? So far this year, God, I've been to so many. I think was Whiplash this year? Or was yes, that last that year? Was Whiplash. Whiplash was amazing. I was in absolute tenderhooks when I was watching that. It was one of them things where you you see that character get broken. Can I talk about the plot? You yeah. see that character get broken and then built up, and you can see why he's doing it. But it's just so evil. But the result at the end of it, he is an amazing drummer. He is sublime at what he does. Um, I went to see Jurassic World recently. I went to see the original Jurassic Park when I was a kid and I loved every single second of that. I it enjoyed it too. It broke so many books. And it's but the, the biggest new film one, of the year so far. Biggest film of the year so far. Crazy. I, I tend to like more blockbustery type stuff. 
So um, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the year? Um, what's coming up? I think there's a Star, Star Wars, Wars Episode 7, yeah, The Force Awakens. Oh God. Uh, you probably haven't seen it yet, but there was a teaser released online that they showed at Comic-Con this year, mm. uh, a few days ago. It wasn't a trailer, but it was just about how they were making it and the history of it, and it's all it's better than a trailer. Yeah. It's like if any... I think everyone should be, should watch it because if it, if you're not excited about Star Wars yet, this three and a half minute teaser uh, film, uh, short film about Star Wars and the making of this new one will you can't fail to be excited mm. about it. I've got friends who text me like it almost made me cry. It's so good. It's so I think I've seen it online. And the other thing that I love is I love Marvel and DC. So anything that they do, I will literally sprint towards the cinema and watch so it. Ant Man. It's coming out. Exactly. It's good. It's very Is good. Is it good? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. You get to see everything, don't you? Uh, well, I don't get to see everything, but I did get to see this one, and it's really very good. I was really... I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more than I was expecting, because I, you know, um, I thought Avengers Age of Ultron, while yeah. decent, was a bit bloated, and I was a bit... It was slightly bloated. And this, but this... Chris Hemsworth, though, how does he get that buff? I don't know. Does he just work out all day and eat chicken I think constantly? he gets up at, like, 5 a.m. and then probably works out for three I hours. I work out. He's Australian. Well, that's... An Australian accent. <laughs> <laughs> I work out. I work out. But anyway, um, Ant Man. <laughs> uh, if if, if for it, for someone who thought Avengers was a bit bloated, this is the perfect antidote. It's really funny. There's some real. What what? Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Emmanuel. Paul Rudd's just a legend. Evangeline Lilly and Michael Pena are four really likable performances. Michael Pena is hilarious in this mm. film. And there's two moments in the final act, which I won't spoil, but the final act, which I really enjoyed, was really small scale. And there's two moments in it, which are probably my two favourite moments in a Marvel film. I need to watch this. There's, uh, I mean, it's and there it's was not, all it's, it's out, so it must be on DVD. No, it's not, it's not, it's not out yet. It's out. <gasps> it's Friday. And um, is this a hot? Are you inviting me to go to the cinema on Friday? Well you <laughs> need to do it again, don't you? <laughs> I've seen it. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'd watch it again. But th- basically, because it had a bit of um, issues with Edgar Wright leaving the project and Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright originally writing the script, but you can totally see their fingerprints on it. It's mm. got a really kind of um, offbeat British sensibility, and there's one bit. Has it fi- got gloss to it? Uh, it's a, it. Ha- it has, as Marvel films mm. have, but it doesn't feel like a really slick Marvel product. Yeah. It's got slightly raw, rough around the edges, That's and I like that. Cool. And so yeah, there's, so there's that, so, and then obviously Star Wars Day in the year, and um, yeah, I mean it's a big year, and it's only going to get bigger. It's going to be a big, big year. And what I've noticed is the the evolution of cinema. It's got more and more blockbustery, bigger, more event-based cinema, which I think is great because it encourages more people to go to it, which then they see more of our ads. So it's just a win-win situation. Yeah, and you know there's still space for the smaller films like Whiplash. Yeah, there is space for the smaller films, and actually I I thank you for making me go and see that. Tom persuaded me to go and see Whiplash. He was like, you'll, you'll, yeah, you did. You will not regret going to see it. And I'm like, I, I like a bit of a, a Marvel. I like some beat-me-ups. I like comedies. I do like a comedy. Who doesn't love a rom-com? I mean, come on. We sh- maybe next year we can show When Harry Met Sally or something. Oh, love it. But going to see that, it kind of opened my eyes to what slightly art-housey, independent-y type cinema can be. And I really enjoyed it. And I think Pride is one of another film that is going to challenge me a bit more rather than just giving me all the answers. Well, I'm excited to see what you think of it. But um, thanks so much for joining me on this um, beautiful July. Thank you for joining me on my roof. Yeah, and well, (laughs) just thanks to us both for being here for the July DCM podcast. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Um, And I'll be back next month where I'll probably be back inside a dark room in Euston Road. But for now, thanks so much. (laughs) Bye-bye.